0: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guide to Love podcast. I am Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Will Nichols here, and he is a professional astrologer and men's relationship coach. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So excited to uh, be here. And we talked a little bit, but I'm excited to uh, dive a little bit deeper today.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to have you too, because we're both on very similar missions in terms of wanting people to have healthy relationships and more fulfilling sex lives. So go into who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, so um, as Haley said, I'm a professional astrologer and relationship coach. Um, I've been doing this for the last, I've been uh, coaching for the last five years, uh, relationship coaching for the last three, and I've been practicing astrology for the last six years. So and doing that professionally for the last five. So yeah, I mean, uh, my mission and my job is to help people become better versions of themselves. And that just happens to be in the realm of sexuality and uh, relationships because, you know, in my opinion, that's the most important area. (laughs) When you have that part sorted out, then, you know, the other pieces tend to come together a lot faster.
0: I agree with you on that. Wait, so how did you get into this work?
1: So I got, I got into astrology after kind of like an awakening experience, I guess you would call it. Um, You know, I believe that we go through lots of awakening experiences, but some of them are a little bit bigger than others. And for me, that happened um, during my last, well, maybe the last two years of high school. And I kind of just started asking lots of questions and started realizing that I've been lied to in many ways and started realizing that the truth is not what the media has told me, and what my parents and teachers and church and everything has told me, so I started doing a lot more deep diving. And a friend's mom at the time was learning astrology, and she—I never really like read horoscopes or anything. Like I read Cosmopolitan, you know. I was like, ah, okay, whatever. In Aries, you know, I get that. But um, but she gave me a reading, and it just blew my mind. And then that kind of started the progressive journey towards um, everything that I'm doing now, and just through astrology. To me astrology is a study of relationships, but we're just looking more or less on a macrocosmic level but also on a microcosmic level and um, and so naturally I got really into learning about relationships. I also what um, was in a relationship around that time and um, and it ended pretty badly and I realized that a lot of things that happened were my fault and a lot of things. Uh, that happened were because i'd been taught something completely different than the truth Um, so i started studying tantra and Taoist sexuality and kama sutra and like the hindu uh, sexual philosophies and and all of that and it just got me really interested to this and i realized that not a lot of people knew about it and so i spent the last couple years really helping people in the realm of relationships and uh, honestly i've only come out like fully uh, with the whole sexual empowerment stuff over the last couple of years, because um, I mean, as a man, there's a lot of stigma behind uh, being a sex coach or, you know, talking about sexuality. Because, uh, you know, you hear Tantra, and all you think is this like long haired Parisian man who's gonna sell you a Tantra course or, who's going to like masturbate you in a erotic tantra session or something like that. Right. And, and people are kind of about that, especially guys. Right. So, you know, more, more women are opening up to this stuff, but now more guys are too. Uh, But the problem is, and we were talking about this like a few weeks ago is that a lot of the guys now, as they are opening up to it, they're, they're going a little bit too much on the, on the feminine side. And I had experienced that most of my life of being too sensitive, being too feminine, being too intuitive and all that stuff. And I shut that down for a long time. And I would say only within the last five years I had kind of really uh reawoken that and also uh started really owning my masculinity and realizing how much of an integral part of that uh of an uh, integral part of my life mission that was to to own that, to embody that. And also I realized, hey, um, you know that 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 kind of lie that says, oh, girls like sensitive men. Well, I was a sensitive man and, uh, and I had some problems being a sensitive man. And I was like, huh, that maybe, maybe that's not the whole truth, you know? And, uh, and I realized that it wasn't. And, um, and that, you know, the best thing you can do as a man is be anchored in your masculinity. And the best thing you can do as a woman is be anchored in your femininity. And we both have both parts to us and we need to own and honor them. But, um, there's a, there's a global feminization going on of men and there's a global masculinization going on with women. And the point is to create this genderless, neutral, lack of polarity society where uh, we, don't, we don't reproduce and we don't have uh, sexual attraction and we don't have pleasure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what kind of fueled me on my journey and got me into this stuff. And just like literally years and years of studying, reading books, watching workshops, attending workshops, going to uh, like doing all, the whole shebang, uh, working with coaches, mentors, the everything just to, um, get myself to, to where I am today. And now I'm privileged to be able to continue this work and to continue learning, but also to be able to now share, share it and, and teach it uh, to other people. Because, um, yeah, like not, like I said, not a lot of people know about this stuff and, uh, not a lot of people, um, Feel like they care they they should know this stuff and so you know my role is not necessarily to convince people that they should know this stuff but rather just to show them hey i'm a normal ass dude and uh and you know i'm not i'm not some crazy weirdo uh, i'm pretty i'm pretty normal you know i've got a girlfriend for the last two years uh we've got a, a great relationship i've got you know I'm, I'm pretty successful at what i do and uh i'm not this crazy you know wild guy that that isn't really speaking to men and I think that's why a lot of guys like me is because um you know I I don't have any fluff right I just I'll just say it how it is and and you know you either like it or you don't
0: (laughs) Mm, yeah you know I actually do like that you brought that up because (laughs) you're right it is funny because so many more women are into this and I think that you know we need men and women into it obviously because I'm working with you know, straight women sitting with men, and then you're a man, so it's important. Okay, so why do you think so many men struggle sexually? Huh,
1: well, that's a very complicated issue, but we can break it down a little bit. So, I mean, this has been going on for um, for a while, like, like over 100 years that this has kind of started, uh, mm-hmm. like the seeds have been uh, implanted but we hadn't really experienced the effects of this until the sixties. And then the sixties with the whole hippy dippy revolution, free love, that whole shebang uh, orgies uh, you know, music men taking psychedelics, getting getting into spirituality, getting into astrology, getting into all this stuff uh, really pushed men to embrace their uh, feminine. And at the same time, There was, you know, I mean, a little bit before then was the woman's suffrage, you know, right to vote, right to be uh, a working class woman and top businesswoman and in the corporate environment and, you know, make your own money uh, and that whole sort of thing. So that's what started it. And um, there were some good ideas there. There's no doubt about that. Like men opening up to the psychedelic realm and being able to be in touch with spirituality. That's a great thing. You know, I I believe every single man should be in touch with whatever the heck you want to call it, divine God, Allah Buddha, you know, some sort of divine essence within us and around us. Um, because if you don't, you know, I've never met a, a happily married, uh, like fully happy, like really happy atheist ever. So, and that says something, you know? Um So, so a lot of the problems though, it came from the sixties is because you can't stay in that bubble as a man forever. Like, the free love whole shebang it's being radicalized towards the feminine as opposed to learning how to integrate that into our lives as just a part of us and that was the big kind of glitch that happened and that's where the 60s i wouldn't say it wasn't successful because it was successful in really bridging the gap between masculine and feminine and being able to say hey we can we can both play both parts but that was also in itself a problem because now we have men thinking that uh, being a feminine embodiment is a great thing. And women thinking that being a masculine embodiment is a great thing. Well, our biology, our reproductive system says otherwise, right? Our emotion says otherwise, our energy body says otherwise. So because of that, now we have this society. And this was also really prominent in the eighties when women were really coming up in the corporate world, right? So it was about seven, like late seventies to eighties. And then through till now, women started climbing the corporate ladder. You would have the first women CEOs. You'd have the, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. this was, it was like from, you were, you were given a lot of admiration and recognition for being a boss babe. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, and, and the problem with that though, is um, collectively we have the, like, we, we we hear about population control, but the the real, the real issue is not uh, that we're overpopulated. It's that we have the lowest pregnancy rates of all time. We have the lowest amount of teen pregnancy rates of all time. We have the, uh, like, people aren't having babies anymore. You know, mm-hmm. they, some countries are having to pay people to have babies. Like, they'll say, hey, we'll give you 30 grand a baby, you know? So that's an, that's an issue in itself. A lot of women are, are moving away from their femininity. And then what happens is, if you're a masculine man, and the majority of women are masculine women, well, there's no polarity there, right? Yeah. So polarity is positive, negative, masculine, feminine so when we don't have polarity we lose uh connection we lose intimacy we lose passion we lose uh arousal we 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 lose that sexual connection that that we have it just becomes this mechanical uh a thing that we're doing to get this end result which is an orgasm you know and some people can't even get that and they're, they're like oh mm-hmm. what's going on what's what's going on so the reason that a lot of men are are disconnected or suffering uh sexually is one because society right now the mainstream media and everybody they're promoting this agenda that men should be more feminine that men should be uh submissive to women that men should be uh basically just the provider you know in many sense but now now there's even agendas that are kind of going against that too which are saying the women should be the provider and all this stuff and i don't i don't care about that really i don't because each to their own like i I've seen people that are happy where the woman's a dermatologist and the man is a construction worker and she's making way more money than he is and they're happy. And that works, right? Because of the polarity, though, they still have that polarity. But the problem and where it mostly doesn't work is the fact that most men don't want that. Most men don't want to not be the provider, right? Most men, deep down, whether we've been conditioned otherwise, deep down, we want to be the provider we want to be the one that takes care of our partners we want to be the one that is able to be the protector right that's the masculine essence in its nature mm-hmm. and women want that too but we've been brainwashed to think otherwise we've been brainwashed to think that that's not okay or we've been brainwashed to think that one is right or one is wrong and um and that's taking us away from our true essence and that's the real core root issue of all these additional problems and that will like this will kind of uh, snowball into a bunch of other problems like most men suffer from premature ejaculation a lot of men over 40 45 suffer from erectile dysfunction uh and it's not just diet like a lot of people oh it's the the food yeah food's a big part of it because we're eating crap but also it's uh it's porn it's masturbation it's the mainstream media's narrative in
0: terms of masturbation
1: yeah too much masturbation yeah not not for women for men for men yeah yeah because because Men and women, uh, pl- pleasure is very different uh, for, for men and for women. Women's nature is pleasure. Man's nature is struggle and overcoming struggle. So I always, I always joke and say, you know, the masculine's role is basically one large can I swear? Is this okay? Yeah. Yeah.
0: We said, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: okay. Okay. Yeah. I was, Cause I, I always say the masculine's role is basically just to be one big fuck up and we're always learning by going through mistakes, by going through challenges, by going through opportun uh, obstacles, which I call opportunities and, and overcoming them because it's that struggle. And if you actually look at the biology of men, uh, men's testosterone levels, by the way, right now are at an all time low. Oh, yeah. Never been lower than if you even go back to your grandfather, like your like our grandparents' generation had some of the highest testosterone levels, and then within two generations, we have the lowest testosterone levels. So what happened in between that? Well, a lot of things did. One of them was, again, this free love '60s, uh, you know, campaign. The other was uh, GMOs. That's a big part of the food too. And then also porn, you know, uh, pornography has become so readily available, whereas before it was like, you know, you were lucky if you could get a magazine or something like that. You know, now it's like one quick Google search. And there's a I I read something. It was like there's like a it's like a hundred to one uh, porn pages to regular Internet pages on the on the online right now. So so these are big problems, right, that that Mm -hmm. uh, that are going on right now. And going back to, to what I was saying, though, about men being a, like one big fuck up is that's part of our nature. And stress actually increases testosterone levels in men, whereas with women, stress decreases your estrogen and progesterone levels. So stress is not good for women. Mm-hmm. And guess what the corporate environment is? Stress. Big stress, right. <laughs> Exactly, and women also uh, men succeed in hierarchical positions, whereas women succeed in more communal positions, right? So, so for example, like a book club is going to be more of a communal, and I'm like, there's other stuff too, even businessy stuff that that women can do. I'm not saying go to book clubs, but mm. that kind of organization where we're all sitting in a circle, we all see each other as equals. That's where women. Uh, thrive in versus men, we want to get to the next level. We want to compete with each other. We want to have that healthy competition. We want to get better, right? And that's what the masculine is all about It's getting better, building ourselves up. Wait, but let
0: me add something here. Yeah. Let's go back. Yeah. Okay, so about the whole sexual polarity thing, I agree with you on that. But my thing that I struggle with now is the fact that, you know, women, we have to work because it's, it's more mm. expensive. You know, most women I know work. And so it's like, Okay, if you have to work, and you have to provide for yourself, can women create, that's what I do is help women create a healthier way for them to switch into their feminine so then the man can be in the masculine, because it's almost like nowadays what you were saying, and I agree with this too, it's like, yeah, obviously there's no feminine and masculine roles in the relationships, because she's burned out by the end of the day, Last yeah. thing she wants to do is have sex. <laughs>
1: Yeah, have sex or uh, make a meal or take care of the kids or whatever, right? Those yeah. are the traditional feminine roles. And same thing with men now is, you know, we're, we're so caught up in this. Like men are stressed out too much too. Like that's, that's a big thing. So, you know, too much stress lowers testosterone levels, but the right amount shoots them up. So that's important. And you have to know how to do that. And that's also where spirituality comes in. As a very important aspect for men because if you're consumed by negative thinking and a lot of men are and consumed with anxiety and fear and stress and all that, well, you're just, your, your, your sex drive plummets, you know, everything else plummets. And, um, well, are you going to be at your peak capacity to be able to not only provide for yourself, but provide for someone else are going to be at your peak strength capacity. You know that we have an obesity em- epidemic, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a big problem too. So, uh, yeah. I mean, when it comes to women needing to, um, you know, provide for themselves, I get that because there's lots of single women out there. Right. And there's also lots of women that are in relationships where their man can't provide for them because it's based off of his job or whatever. Now, t- to me, I see that as a male problem and not a not a not a female problem, because, you know, if if a, if a man's doing his job and he's providing, then there should be a no issues there. Right. Like to me. Like, I, I won't get married until I can marry someone and say, if you want to work because you love it, then do it. But you don't have to work.
0: Mm, you know? I love that, yeah. And
1: I think everyone should strive to to get to that point. And, you know, like, I have pretty traditional values in that sense, where some people don't. A lot of people are progressive, and that's okay. You know, like, again, there's nothing wrong with uh, women working whatsoever. However, um, wouldn't it be nice? if you didn't have to work and you could just focus on being in your feminine all day long. And maybe that does mean you start your own projects, right? Maybe that does mean you start a business, but it's a business that you love. It's a passion project and it's not work, right? It's not, I have to work the shitty job to, to just make, uh, make my ends meet or something like that. Right. And so to me, that's where a lot of men have, have failed. Cause first of all, a lot of men think, Oh, if I got a degree, go to school, I'll just get a good job and I'll be able to provide for my family. It doesn't work like that anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: 60 years ago, you could do that, right? 60 years ago, no problem. You got an accounting job or even like a factory job, you could be able to provide for your family. You could buy a house with that. You can't do that anymore. So men you know, really need to be a lot more financially educated. That's a big part of it too and be able to provide for not only themselves because a lot of men can't even provide for themselves. So how the hell are they going to provide for, for their partners or their family you know if they have a family Mm -hmm. and that's where men are more educated financially than women say that again i said
0: it seems like men are more educated financially than women
1: i agree i agree however uh like statistically it doesn't it doesn't doesn't look that way because because more people are in debt than ever before uh very few people grown men have assets like the biggest asset most people have is a house and it's actually not an asset. It's a liability because they're living in it.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and you have to pay a mortgage every month, you mm-hmm. know? So I I would say yes, more than women, but that's just because there's more men period in the business world and in the, in the financial world than there are women. But if it was the other way around, then it would probably be the exact same. And, and that, that's a, that's a problem because again, uh, most people die with, you know, a few thousand dollars in their bank account and a bunch of liabilities that and debts that their family has to pay off. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem too, you know, uh, from the masculine side of things.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, so listen, man, fuck, he's bringing up some great points here, y'all. Woo! Okay, so I agree with you in a lot of that in terms of the fact that I've, I have girlfriends that are waiting for the proposal and the guy to get his shit mm-hmm. together. And so I think that I'm not bashing men. I love men. I have, you know, men on the podcast are. But we do have a lot of guys now that it's like they're not educated in that area anymore. So for the men listening, maybe, you know, they are struggling with their finances. What would you tell them?
1: Uh, read rich dad, poor dad, read. I got a bunch of books on my shelf right now. Read rich dad, poor dad, read the seven habits of highly effective people. Read uh, Think and Grow rich by Napoleon Hill. It's a great book. Um, what else? I mean, read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. There's a lot of like, I think men need to be a little bit more stoic than they are. And uh, women need to be a little bit more, more feminine than they are. And and you do that by reading, you know, feel good stuff. Whereas men, we need to be reading more stuff that's going to actually get you results. So I think a lot of men like, uh, you know, reading nonfiction stuff and that's cool, but like it doesn't get you results, you know? And I think fiction is important if you're a writer. And I like to unwind, you know, in the evening by reading some fiction. But generally, i got some sort of business marketing, whatever book in my, like, I bring it with me everywhere I go. You know, I, I'm always reading. I think that's a big part of, of just being educated, period. And then naturally, you're going to find stuff like Think, think and Grow Rich or Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, what's another good book? The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. That's a great book, too. Uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Another great book for men um, psycho cybernetics. That's a good one for reprogramming your beliefs. Um, like there's tons of, there's tons of books out there. Like there's no shortage of leadership or business books out there. It's just a matter of reading them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, reading them and applying them. But rich dad, poor dad is the classic and every man needs to read that. They should teach that in school because, you know, it just goes to show and it, it shows you the reality too, of, of the the financial reality of most people as mm-hmm. well which is a big which is a big problem you know we think oh i'll get this degree go to school I'll get a good job and then i'll be set for life you know and then i'll get my pension when i'm retired and blah blah blah. people are losing their pensions now you know people people are have so much debt that they can't take care of it because every time their paycheck increases their lifestyle increases mm, yeah. Right? yeah and that's a big problem and then not to mention you have a, a partner or our children and guess what they're expensive, you know girlfriends are expensive, wives are expensive, very expensive oh yeah like, they'll cost you millions over your life. children <laughs> will cost you about a million dollars over your life, so you know I think the the, the biggest thing for men, and this is what I, what I say to, to a lot of guys, especially the guys who don't have their shit figured out yet, is take some time, man, just like six months to a year mm-hmm. just to, okay. to, to, to put all your attention on. How can I get my own life figured out? You know How can I get my own financial situation figured out? How can I get my own uh, emotions and trauma figured out? Hire a coach, get a mentor, read lots of books. You know don't go too I think a lot of guys make the mistake of going too deep in the information, like it's information overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Find someone who's successful at being where you want to be and learn from them. And most of the people out there. Yes, there's coaches that offer, you know, $1,000 plus programs, which will help you tremendously. And to be honest, if you can't invest in yourself, that's, a, that's an issue in itself, you know, mm-hmm. because you need to invest in yourself. Uh, like, you know, it, there's no get get rich quick schemes out there that really work, you know. It's yeah. about investing in yourself and, and being dedicated enough to, to take the time to, to build yourself. But that doesn't just go for financial wise, that goes for emotion wise. In fact, I would say that's most important. Most guys have the shittiest mindsets on earth, right? And very few, and even the even the spiritual guys have shitty mindsets. But it's just in the other direction, where it's too ungrounded and it's not realistic, and they're not getting the results because of that. They don't believe what, it.
0: What, like five D abundance? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly, right. Or, or I'm just gonna gonna tap into my emotions, or I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Could you imagine if your grandfather sixty years ago just got up one day and said? You know what, honey? I'm not feeling going to work. You know what his wife would say? You go to work, or I'm going to leave you.
0: you know, <laughs> not You really. need
1: to provide, right? <laughs> There's no. So, so th- that's a big weakness in in men. Is is we're. Uh, and and again, I am an advocate for uh, emotional work and and really working with the energy body and really working with your your energy and your emotions and tuning into them and healing from them and working on your mindset and your beliefs and your limiting beliefs and all that stuff. But. Um, Part of that is application. In fact, all of it's application. So if you're not applying that, then, it, then it's not getting you results and you're doing something wrong. So most men live in fairyland. If they're on that spiritual side, they're living in fairyland. But then the men on the other side are also living in fairyland. But they just call it reality. They just call this is the situation. This is how it is. You know, this is just the way it is. I'm in debt up to my knees. My wife needs to work because she's just, she just just leeching from me, you know, all the stuff. It's like, man, what a terrible mindset to have as well, you know. So, so there's those are the two kind of extremes of the aspects, and and the, the middle point is just being a strong, conscious man who's able to look at your emotions but not react to them, because that's the thing. A lot of even girls say this, and see, this is where a lot of I know a lot of girls don't even know what they want because they'll say, oh, "I would just want an emotionally sensitive man." It's like, oh, really? You want an emotionally sensitive man? You want a man that's more emotional than you? What?
0: You've had women say that?
1: Yeah. Lots of women say that. I want, I want men who's sensitive, who's, who's in his feelings, who, who feels his emotions and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, but think about what you're saying here. Because you don't really want that. You just want a man who can understand your emotions mm-hmm. and not react to them like you are, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and have that strong kind of stoic energy that says, Hey, uh, I'm not invalidating your feelings, but, um, but I, I'm validating them. I'm saying, yeah, I feel you. I understand you. That's all that woman want. You yeah. don't want a man who's who's just as emotional as them. All right. Women can barely take care of their own emotions. Why that, what the heck do you think you're going to do if there's two women in the relationship?
0: Yeah, because I love the way what you're saying right here, too, is the fact that, um, you know, this is something too obvious. You, you're bringing up some deep points here. The, the fact of emotional intelligence, you know, we should have taught, been taught this in school, too, because oh, emotional yeah. intelligence is something that is vital for every year of our lives.
1: Exactly.
0: But do you have any books on that? I don't know if they are any, I haven't read any, but.
1: Well, um, what's it? Uh, nonviolent communication is a great book great book um that shows you how to express your emotions without uh blaming people which is a big big problem blame is the the one of the top reasons a lot of people get divorced it's because you start blaming you start criticizing your partner uh more than you start appreciating them and admiring them and then you go downhill anything by john gottman is another great book for relationships and emotions um Uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by Dr. John Gray, who's an incredible man.
0: love him. And
1: that's a great book for understanding the differences between men and women and being able to just recognize them. Because like I said, we have this society where we have a lot of these, you know, feminist social justice warriors on the one side saying, you know, men and women are equal. We are the same, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, we're equal, but we're not the same. You can't say we're the same. I got something between my legs and you got nothing. There's, there's a, that's a big difference in itself. Nonetheless, uh, our mindsets, you know, nonetheless, the way that we deal with emotions, nonetheless, our hormones, nonetheless, like even our insides are different. We say, oh, you know, the only difference is our skin. No, no, no. Men have different hormones running through their body. Men have different organs in their body. Like women don't have prostates, you know, women don't have testicles, you know, men don't have ovaries. Right. So you know, that those, there's a lot more differences than just the skin or the identity, right? There's there's physical, physiological, biological differences on top of the fact that there's energetic differences in polarity. And that's mm-hmm. a big problem. We need to just own it. We can't, like the whole idea of men trying to become more emotional like women and women trying to be, become more corporate and hard-minded like men, it doesn't work. And no. we're seeing the results of that not working for like one full generation now right that's why 50% of divorces 50% of marriages end in divorce mm-hmm. right we're seeing the results of this right now so now is we're we're a little overdue for for solving this but now is the time you
0: know yeah and i want to add that too i'm sure you i don't know if you talk to people that are like this too i talk to a lot of people where they're in relationships and it, they're not having sex yeah yeah
1: yeah no, I and I I've, I've been there too. You know, I got, I've I've been in relationships where you know, you stop connecting on that emotional level, you stop having that polarity, you start you stop feeling that attraction or maybe you do feel like slight attraction but it's not as strong as it once was, and then you get busy, you get stressed, you get anxious and then you're just you don't get that same type of arousal and that's a big problem. You know, sexless marriages and relationships and by the way, 50% is just the people that have the balls to get divorced. You know, you think about how many other marriages they're still together and they're not having sex or they're not connecting on an intimate level and they're miserable, you know?
0: Mm, yes. And so I it's an epidemic. Yeah. You know,
1: that's the real epidemic right now.
0: <laughs> and, and let's go into this too. I would love to know your thoughts about this. What are your thoughts about open relationships? Because a lot of people think that that's the solution.
1: Yeah, so I have... I have yet to see a successful uh, uh okay not a successful open relationship but I have yet to see uh, a relationship where people have a problem right I have a problem maybe we're not having sex and that's the problem or maybe and the thing is when you're not having sex it's not sex that's a problem and that's what a lot of people need to need to realize yeah, too yeah. and that's why you got to work with someone to help you out Uh, And not a therapist, because you don't want to just talk about your problems. You want to solve your problems, right? You want to actually, and you don't want someone else to solve your problems for you, because that doesn't teach you how to actually do it. You want to learn how to do it yourself. So um, yeah, a a lot of what happens, in my opinion, with with open relationships and even polyamorous types of situations that people get themselves into is when things are not working here, we say, okay, well, what's the option, right? Because it's not a win-win right now. So what's the option? Well, we can see other people but I love you, you know, so I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see other people or I don't want you to see other people whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um. and, you know, I think at that point, it's better just to, uh, to, to end it than, than to do something like that. A lot of the open relationships and polyamorous situations would have been a lot better for people just to end the relationship and start a new one with someone else. But, what I've noticed is it becomes this chasing game where we're trying to chase this honeymoon stage of the relationships instead Mm -hmm. of facing our own shit. Because when you're in a conscious relationship and this happens about the year, Mark year and a half, two Mm -hmm. years is when you, the, the veil comes down and honestly, I've been seeing more and more conscious relationships where this happens even earlier on, like within six months, you know? Mm -hmm. So, because when you're growing at a rapid rate, you're going at a rapid rate and you're not in control of that. So, the, the, the blinders come off. You start to notice your, your partner's flaws. You start to notice all of that. And then that starts to override all of the admiration and desire and, and, and intimacy and, and cravings that you had for your partner. So now you're just thinking about all the negatives more than you're thinking about the positives. And you're wondering why they, you can't connect on an on a emotional, intimate level. And then what happens? Well, someone else, and this is what happens too when we go back to polarity, is when you don't have that polarity with someone, because one of you is not willing to embrace the one side of the polarity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. This usually happens with, uh, where men want to be masculine and women want to be masculine too. This is becoming a more and more reoccurring issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's important, you know, people doing your work and, and other people in the industry of really helping women get more into their feminine because that's very important work because a lot of challenges, a lot of struggles, um, happen in relationships when that when that's not happening right yes so when that polarity is lost though what happens when we see someone on the street who's a beautiful individual who is so if i'm a man in my masculine and my partner's in her masculine and we're not connecting on that sexual level because we don't have that polarity well i walk by a beautiful woman on the street who is in her feminine who's owning her feminine i'm attracted to that and i'm sexually attracted to that because sexual polarity is not something that you consciously create Okay. It's something that you can consciously correct and guide, but it's not something that you consciously say, Hey, I'm sexually attracted to you. You know, it's something that happens naturally. It's a, it's, it's, it's biological, right? In many ways, it's biological. It's, It's related to our sex organs. So when, when that happens, a lot of people will say, well, I'm not feeling that way towards my partner. I feel this way towards this person. And then maybe you start to actually engage in some sort of relationship with that person. Maybe it starts out as a friendship, but then because you're attracted, you know, you start to, things start to get a little hot, more heated. And then you say, well, I have two options here. I can leave my partner or I can stay with my partner and, you know, start having sex with this person and then let her have sex with whoever the heck she wants to have sex with. So that situation to me is destined for failure because mm-hmm. you're chasing and you're chasing based off of what you're, what you're experiencing out there. As opposed to saying, hey, we have two options. The, the, a lot of people think there's the, the two options are I either stay in my relationship, right? And, and, I, and I don't indulge in this or I indulge in this in an open, open scenario. But the real two options are is you're either with your partner or you're not with your partner. Okay? You're committed to your partner or you're not committed to your partner. Mm-hmm. You're in a relationship with your partner or you're not in a relationship with your partner. So you have to decide, is this relationship worth it? to kind of fight through this, these issues that we have. And maybe that requires getting outside help. You know, if it's really worth it, it's worth it. You know, if you really, really love someone, you see yourself having a future with them and it's not abusive or anything like that, then why the hell not? You know, and if they feel the same way and that's important too, you know, it's gotta be mutual, right? One of you can't be desiring to make it work and the other is just giving up. It does it will never work that way. So what a lot of people do is they'll, they'll say they'll say oh well the two options is we either have an open relationship or you know or it's over right and that's kind of the ultimatum that a lot of people go through and uh a lot of times it's better just they say it's over and you know you go on your merry way and you let your partner uh do their thing now certain situations I don't doubt that they're successful, you know, there's some successful polyamorous relationships or open relationships or whatever, but a lot of the time that's what I see is it's this chasing 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 and instead of chasing your partner, your energy is out there. And then what happens, specifically not in polyamorous relationships, but more or less in open relationships because open relationships to me at least is where you're you're basically able to go date and see other people versus polyamorous relationships it's just you're adding a third party to the To the crew right it's like this is still a monogamous relationship but it's with three as opposed to two so where i see open relationships go wrong though is when people are putting all their energy out there right as opposed to uh and and that you, you get distracted it's shiny object syndrome you know and that's the, that destroys and corrodes the very nature of what relationships are all about, which is to connect with someone on the deepest level that you possibly can go. Mm-hmm. And that requires you facing many parts of yourself that are very ugly. And that requires you accepting many parts of your partner that are not so pretty either. You know, and a lot of people are so afraid of that stuff, right? So afraid of that stuff because they've never experienced that. So once you experience it for the first time, it's like, ah, what do I do with this? Right?
0: Yeah, but let's go into this real quick, though, because yeah. I think that um exacerbates pe- people being perfect right like everybody mm-hmm. has a shadow side everybody has a side that's not that great mm-hmm. so why why is that so shocking
1: why is what so shocking
0: when you said people go into this and they find out that there's parts of their partner they don't like
1: well because we have this hollywood illusion of what relationships are
0: oh. and like
1: i said we have a 50 percent divorce rate so the average people that are alive today that are that are in like millennial generation, whatever, like, and Mm -hmm. and now, and and now there's like 15 generations since then or whatever. But um, the people that are in that half of them, over half of them, because because like I said, the number, the legal number is 50%, but what about all the unhappy marriages? So over half of them, I would say it's closer to 60, 70%, to be honest, Mm -hmm. uh, have never experienced a healthy, successful, lasting, passionate relationship. And they never got to witness that as a child. So when you have this, this idea in your mind that things are just going to go, you know, like marriage equals failure, which is what a lot of people are brought up to believe, mm-hmm. then that translates into relationships equal failure, which is why we have this no strings attached friends with benefit type of culture that we have now, which is like swipe right, swipe left type of thing. Um, and then we're not able to go deep. We're not able to go deep. It becomes mechanical. Like I said, we're just chasing orgasms. We're just masturbating with each other's bodies as opposed to actually diving deep with someone, which is what a relationship is all about. Relationship is not about sex, right? Sex is a form of intimacy, but the relationship itself is what is the fuel of intimacy. It's a mirror to you. And so the reason that a lot of people are so, ah, when shit starts to get sour is because they start to see themselves for who they actually are right mm-hmm. and they start to see their partner they think oh i see my partner for who they actually are and i don't like that no 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 you're seeing yourself for who you actually are cuz it's you that's getting triggered at what your partner is doing your partner sure you both have changed and evolved but not really you know not really you're you, like we don't we we do change I, and i'm a firm believer that we are always have the opportunity to evolve and grow and all that but our core basis of who we are and who we think we are once we're about 7 to 12 it doesn't change Right? It doesn't change that much. Right? I have these beliefs, these reinforced beliefs that, that from zero to approximately eight years old we're reaffirmed when I'm in theta state, I'm just absorbing all the information around me. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a chaotic household, or I'm in an abusive household, or if I'm in a, a household where my parents are getting divorced, my parents got divorced when I was three years old. So I was familiar with the the whole dynamics of that, right? Luckily, my mom got remarried when I was young. So I still grew up with a father figure. And I still grew up, I, I was blessed to grow up with two dads, you know, that was sick. But um, but most people are not like me. And my parents are ki- are cool too. a lot of people's parents hate each other and they, they hate each other's guts, you know? And so that's terrible to, to have that foundation implanted within you. So then as soon as you see any little sign of disagreement within the relationship, all those triggers and traumas come up again. And then when that happens, it's like, uh oh, uh oh, this is not what I want you know this is not what i want and it's like red alert in your mind it's your subconscious saying ah this is not what you want remember what happened with mom and dad remember what happened when you were x years old you know and those those traumas that, that shit gets brought up again now the purpose of conscious relationships is to transmute that is to say hey we're bringing this shit up let's do something with it instead of just wallowing in it or or beating each other up with it or blaming it on each other let's say i'm going to take responsibility for my shit you're going to take responsibility for your shit And we're going to do it together, side by side, you know? And then from that place, we're going to say, hey, let's make each other better. Let's do this. And let's go as deep as we possibly can with each other. And when we do that, hey, guess what? Uh, We end up having more sex. We end up feeling more intimately connected. We end up feeling more passionate. But when we don't do that, what happens? We clash, right? The polarity gets lost. Because, you know, a lot of times we'll put the walls up and then the masculines fight it out, right? So that's when... Like I said, like you think of the matrix, right? Girl in the red dress, that, oh, that root desire of like sexual attraction. It's like, you want to reach out and grab it. Of course, especially when you're in that dynamic. That's why people cheat on, on, on their spouses and partners, right? It's not because they don't love them. It's just because they are one afraid of going too deep. And also they see this idea. They have this vision of my relationships in shambles. This is a great distraction out here right? From, from myself and my partner and all the, the craziness going on. I just need to let loose and I just need to, you know, let off some steam. So that's a, that's a big problem. And that's where a lot of people, and that's, that's why I think a lot of open relationships and, and uh, stuff fail because I truly believe like, we, you know, we are divine beings and, um and I'm not saying that heterosexual relationships are the, end-all, be-all of what relationships should be, because I've seen many, many, many successful homosexual relationships, mm-hmm. uh, bisexual relationships, the whole shebang, uh, and, and we're growing in a, in a progressively in a culture that is okay like that. However, there, the, the penis is biologically made to be inserted into the vagina, and the vagina is biologically made to receive the penis, so there's a reason for that. You know, there's, a, there's a divine reason for that. There's a biological reason for that. And then there's also a, a divine reason for that. And again, like I got family members that are, that are a gay and lesbian. I got friends that are gay and lesbian. I love them all to death. They're amazing. And honestly, they have, some of them have the, the, the greatest relationships I've ever seen because one, they know how to own their polarity, right? So it's not about gender, really. It's oh, yeah, they're, about they're polarity.
0: Those relationships, they have to, though. They have to. Yeah. right? Because
1: otherwise you won't find them attractive. They'll be like buddies, right? Well, and they realize that, right? It's the same uh, thing like, like men and men, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. So you bring up great points here. And I want to add too that I, I agree overall. I think that I know a few people that do uh, poly and open very well, but they work at it. And it's basically like a second job where you have to really be intentional with, this is my primary. This is my second yes. day. Let's meet. Let's see what comes so- up.
1: That was actually an interesting point that I I wanted to make. And I, I, I didn't make that was that too? think about how much time and energy a relationship actually takes out of you, right? How much time and energy do I have to put into my relationship? A lot. Right. And also I still need to have time for myself. I still need to have time for my business. I still need to have time for my family. I still need to have time for my dog. I still need to have time for all these other things that I'm doing. So to me, like energetically speaking, it doesn't, it does not make sense. And maybe when I'm 60 years old, I'll like have a, have, have like five wives, who the hell knows. Right. I don't think so. But, but you know, that could change. I don't know. But what I do know now is that, uh, energetically it makes no sense for me to have more than one girlfriend right now. Right. Especially at the level of depth that I want to go. Right. If I was someone who was like totally down for just casual, uh, relationships and dating, and I've, I've done that and played around with that, but to me, it's like when you get to a certain point where you start to crave that depth, you know. Especially the more conscious that you become, you crave that depth, and you realize that it's not—it's not about the sex. Sex can bring us to those levels, and it can definitely raise our consciousness. It can definitely share a b- amazing, beautiful experiences with people and so much pleasure. But it, sex is just a gateway to experiencing who we truly are. And so are relationships. So when we're giving too much attention to, like for example, if you're in a polyamorous situation, you have to have a primary partner who you give, let's say 60% of your relationship energy to. And then you have a secondary partner who you give 40% of your relationship partner to. Well, that's like, you're, you're, you're trying to juggle that plus your life, plus your business, plus your, your work or your job or your kids or who the hell else knows, right? So there's so much energy. And I think for most people, it doesn't, doesn't energetically logically make sense to, to do that. A lot of And that's why a lot of people fail at, at doing that. I, that's no, I agree. I
0: agree. And what I wanted to add too, and I hope that the guys listening to this get this, is the fact what you were saying previously with the fact that for those guys that are looking to get your, their shit together, they are doing a lot, just focus on themselves. Because I've met focus a lot of themselves. guys that it seems like they're still trying to date or hook up or whatever. And it's like, you don't need to be dating right now. You need to focus no. on yourself.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. And I, you know, a lot of guys the the thing is too a lot of guys even if they are dating let's say one of the biggest things they struggle with is finding a quality woman or you know finding a lot of guys even though they're in the dating sphere or whatever they're not they 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 have trouble finding their ideal type of person and the reason is because they're not putting their energy and attention on themselves right it's like you have to you have to and the thing is to a, uh, a woman especially a conscious woman that's the most attractive thing you could ever do is is meet a man meet a man who knows himself, right? Meet a man who's firm in his own identity, who knows what he wants, who knows where he's going, who has a vision for his future, who knows exactly what he wants. Because the fact of the matter is, because women are so emotional beings, most of them don't know that themselves, right? So they, they're just like, it's, it's whatever I'm feeling in the moment. Whereas when men have that sense of direction, it not only helps the men out, but it helps the women out too. Because then they can say, hey, you know, they either say, I'm on board with your direction or I'm not. You know, and that makes it that makes a decision for uh, should I invest in this partner or not? And I think everyone should see their partners as investments, right? It's like, are is this partner going to make me go bankrupt, (laughs) and not just financially, but emotionally, sexually, spiritually, or is this partner going to fill my cup and and assist me in that? Not be the only source of filling my cup, because that's your job, but but add to the cup, add to my value. You know, are we adding to each other's lives, or are we just taking away? from each other's lives and that's a big question that a lot of people not just single people need to ask but also people in relationships need to ask and I think it's important to do that often throughout your relationship too just to check in hey you know are we adding to each other's lives or are we draining each other's lives mm, you know?
0: I love that question yeah and I'm so sensitive now energetically I'm, i was dating someone recently and I was like nope you're you were draining me
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I feel like yeah. you were <laughs> so
1: yeah and and I think you know, there's kind of like a, a teeter, teeter edge with that, though, too, is where, where then it becomes this whole, whole thing, like, you know, oh, this person's just like an energy vampire, and they're just draining me of all my, my, you know, just because you don't have boundaries. And I think that's it. So yeah, I always have to, you always have to ask, is it because I don't have boundaries? Or is it because they're, they're an actual leech? And you know, if it's boundaries, that's, that shows you what your work is, right? As opposed to, Uh, And you have to be honest with yourself about that because you don't want to, you don't want to get rid of a a person that has the same values as as you and who wants to be, who wants the same things that you want and is the perfect person for you just because you don't have boundaries, you know? And I think a lot of people uh, do that too, which is also not good because, hey, you know, if if this is the person that you've been calling in and just because you don't have boundaries, you think they're a leech. It's like, (laughs) it doesn't work either.
0: Mm, Definitely. Okay. So tell everybody... You know, like we discussed previously off camera, the fact that men deal with so much shame around their porn use, and obviously, yes, I agree, but most guys watch it probably too much. But there's so much shame over it, it's like, yeah, like that makes it worse. So go into that.
1: Yeah. So okay, so porn addiction is a big uh big struggle for a lot of men. In fact, almost every man watches porn in some aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of realizing what porn addiction is is we have to redefine what porn is. Because porn a lot of people think is I go onto pornhub.com and I find this video that I like or I find a few videos that I like and I browse for an hour and you know jerk it into a sock and uh that's not what porn is. You know porn is uh porn can be following you know squat models on Instagram, right? Porn can be uh, uh OnlyFans, porn can be uh, uh, cam girls. Porn can be all sorts of things. Like We have broadened the definition of pornography in our generation. I think that's been one of the downfalls of technology. We've had many great, uh, great things uh, that technology has given us, like being able to even do this. But, um, but that is definitely one of the downfalls, is that it, we have created this over-sexualized uh, internet world where it's, it's never been easier to get off uh, to porn. So porn is not always sex. Porn is in a sense, any sort of sexual stimulation that distracts you or brings you into some sort of fantasy. So, and, 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 and not in a face-to-face situation either, or just a mental, uh, visual picture, but in a, an external, uh, uh, piece of, of stimuli. So whether that's literally watching a porno, whether that's, uh, you know, just watching sex scenes in a movie or a lot of women like to read shit tons of erotic novels, you know, it, like pick your poison. But I think a big part of re- reducing the shame around porn is realizing what porn really is. And it, porn to me is, is a psychological weapon as being used against us to disconnect us, not only from our bodies, from our sexuality, but also from our relationships. Because porn implants into men the idea that women are objects Mm-hmm. implants into men the idea that women it's all about judging women on on their performance as opposed to how deeply they can go with you which is men oh. and, and yeah and same thing with men yeah and it creates this unrealistic expectation that men need to have nine inch cocks and be able to fuck for three hours without ejaculating which by the way is possible which is actually what i teach men but um but but it's in a healthy way. It's not in an unhealthy way because I can't orgasm because that's actually a motor problem, uh, neurological damage. So, but the big, th- the big factor of porn and the big, uh, the big pain that porn causes men is it actually disrupts our pituitary gland, and our pituitary gland is our master gland in our body, and that is in charge of uh, not only producing sperm but producing testosterone, and it also is in charge of healthy prostate and Erections. So, why are so many men struggling from premature ejaculation and um, erectile dysfunction and prostate disease, right? Like prostate cancer and, and swollen prostates and issues like that. Well, a lot of that has to do with porn use, okay. And mm-hmm. most importantly, an unhealthy pituitary gland. So, uh, yeah, once you get that in check, it's 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 a lot easier. But the big thing, and going back to the whole shame around that, is. Um, Certain times, shame can work, right? I know a lot of people that were overweight, got fat shamed like crazy, and now are extremely fit and very happy and successful in their lives, right? And people may say, oh, you shouldn't fat shame. It's like, okay, but is being morbidly obese healthy and good for you and are you You want to die at 40 you know so i think certain situations shaming can work but in general it's not the correct approach because it creates divisiveness and Mm -hmm. the whole point is we want people to understand that we're all in this together so and and i think that's important too because when you hear a guy talking about how he beat porn addiction or how he never watches porn as a man especially as a man who watches porn immediately This guy is, is, you see him as separate from you, right? You see him as this guy who's not like me in any way, right? As opposed to the guy who says, hey man, I was like that for years. I struggled with it. I went through it. I, I beat it. And you can too. That's a very different mindset than just saying, never watch porn. Oh, porn yeah. is the devil, you know, psychological war, like all that stuff, right? So it, it is many, in many ways the way that, that we approach it that will, uh, will help people actually overcome this, this problem. And I think a large part of that too is also um, also with, with your relationship with your partner, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot, the reason that a lot of men watch porn is because they're not getting the amount of sex that they want. Because they're not taught how to communicate how much sex they want. You're not taught how to how to say, hey, you know, I would love to uh, make love to you. You know, can we plan a date this 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 week or right now? And then if we happen to get busy before, then that's great, too. But let's plan a date. You know, let's Mm -hmm. plan a date to just spend some time, get real intimate, get cozy, you know, go for dinner, whatever. Like and I think a lot of the. A lot of the porn addictions comes from uh, lack of sexual satisfaction, and that doesn't have to do with women. And a lot of men think it does. It has to do with my partner; she doesn't have the same sex drive as me. A lot of women want more sex than they have, and that's a that's yeah, a, that's a that. real women thing.
0: Women are way more sexual than men.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, but we're not taught how to communicate.
0: No, and women. Did. I've had a woman tell me once that uh, she told a guy to move his hand once during sex, and he like shamed her for telling which yeah. you
1: wanted I'm like one yeah that's another that's another problem too is a lot of men uh, especially men who have a lot of buried sexual shame um, they, they have a problem and that's a, that's a big thing that porn actually affects um, uh, how porn affects men too that's a good example that you brought up is that um, a, a, we're taught that whatever whatever they're doing is right because they're not they're, you don't hear them in, in porn talking about hey can you can you just can you just can we just slow it down for a minute? you know, can we just, can we just gaze into each other's eyes? You know, Hey, actually, this doesn't feel good. Can we change positions? You know, you don't hear that in porn, right? Or you don't hear the constant communication. Does this feeling good? Is this good? You know, is this, do you like this? You know, stuff like that. And, you know, obviously said in that way is not going to be sexy to everyone. Some people like it just like very brief, but you have to find what works for you, you know, but the point is sexual communication is a very, very big, uh, skill that is lacking in our society. And again, porn is a big contributor to that because we're taught that, well, it just seems that she's pleasured by anything that he does. Right. No, he just, no,
0: dude, she's faking it. <laughs> yeah. She's faking
1: it. And not only that is like, yeah, like you can't just like, he he's putting it in her, in her ass, but uh, she's got numbing cream on. So she can't feel anything right now, you know, or, uh, you know, they don't talk about all that stuff. So, and that creates this illusion in, in the guy's head that anything I do should be right. And if it's wrong in any way, then she doesn't like me, or she, she, uh, or, or she's not the one for me. You know, she's gotta, she's gotta love everything that I want sexually. That's a big problem with a lot of people.
0: Yeah, know? I agree with you. And let's just go into this real quick, though, because I yeah. think that is terrifying. That used yeah. to with a woman that I'm working with, where they don't speak up, they never get their needs met, their boundaries are always crossed, and mm-hmm. so that's that's not okay.
1: No, and that's a big problem, and uh, so for women, the big issue is one, asking for what you guys want, but also being able to say when you don't like something instead of just putting up with it and kind of just pretending to be aroused and faking an orgasm or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and a lot of it is to boost the guy's morale. But the problem is, um, and, and you, don't, you don't recognize this until you have kind of faced yourself in some way as a man, but there is nothing sexier to a man, even a very dominant man by the way, and, and I would classify myself as a, as a relatively dominant man. Uh, there's nothing sexier than when a woman asks for what she wants. Because not only does she trust you enough to ask for what she wants, but you now have an opportunity to pleasure her. You now have an opportunity to give to her. So a lot of men think that's like a dominant thing when a woman asks for what she wants. It's like, no, no, no. You now have an opportunity to pleasure her and blow her fucking mind it's like do oh, you yeah. not want that she's
0: literally telling you what she, she wants she's
1: literally telling you what will get her off and what will please her and when you please her she's ecstatic and happy and not just not just for that little 10 minutes or whatever but for 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 days afterwards you know
0: yeah and i'm glad that um i hope the women listening um are hearing you because I, I i talk about this a lot with the clients that i work with the importance of that because for even me personally like i the times where the guy has created a safe space for me to feel like, Hey, this is really what I want. And it's just so much better. That
1: starts outside of the bedroom, by the way.
0: I agree with you.
1: Yeah. That starts outside of the bedroom. So a lot of people think that, Oh, well like, and this is actually where a lot of women make mistakes is they don't, they don't ever mention what they want sexually until they get to the bedroom. And then it throws the guy off. Cause he's like, what, the like what we've been doing missionary all these years. I thought you'd like that. You know? So yeah um so that's 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 another issue is like talk about it have open conversations about your sex life you know if you have kids don't do it in front of the kids but have have your own intimate time where you can just talk about that you know talk about your fantasies talk about the things that you like i think the more open uh we are about uh our 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 sexual preferences too then you can also prepare like for example what if your partner says she wants to be tied up right tied up and 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 used you know in that way right in a consensual way obviously but she wants to be feeling like that she's into that stuff okay well if you don't have ropes and stuff how, you're not going to if she just tells you that as you're in the bedroom like what, what are you going to do you know but if she if she tells you that and then you think about that and you say oh maybe i got to go get some ropes you know maybe i got to go get some candles you know maybe i got to go get some massage oils right so i think that's a, that's another aspect too is like not only is it good logistically cuz you can prep for it but also now you know what your partner desires going into it. So then also, you know, if something's not going well uh, in sex and uh, men are, are are the same way, honestly, like if, if a woman's doing something that you don't like, or is uncomfortable, but at least she's jerking me off, you know, that's what a lot of men kind of uh, do too, is like a lot of men will settle, uh, settle for, for less than average uh, uh, sex lives, just because they're getting something right. And that's Mm. a big problem. Yeah, and a lot of women resent them for that later on.
0: Ooh, yeah, you're right about that. Okay, so what final takeaway do you want everybody to know?
1: Well, a few things. The first is that we need to own our embodiment. So as a man, the the, the thing that has and continues to give me the greatest amount of success in my life is the more I embrace my masculine embodiment, the more successful I become, the more attractive I become to my partner, the more clear I become in my purpose and uh, the more results I get and not just uh, sexual, emotional results, financial results, the whole shebang. And as a woman, the greatest thing and the greatest gift you can give to yourself and your partner. And one day, if you want to have kids, your future kids is to be feminine, to be embracing in your feminine. And to be feminine is not just to be a housewife although there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's another, there's this culture shames women for wanting to be a housewife too. That's a, that's a big issue. It's like, Mm -hmm. there is like the, the, the science is clear that a stay at home mom creates way better psyches in their children than someone who has to work, you know, long hours and has three nannies, you know, psychologically that messes up your kids. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And Women should always have the option to do that, and at least for the very first three, four years of, of your child's life, that, that should be your, your dominant focus. So never let you know, radical feminists or whatever uh, you know, distort that perception of you, and never let them take that away from you. Own your feminine embodiment, and all men out there, own your masculine embodiment and explore it. And if you don't know how, get help. Reach out to people like Haley and I, and there's so many other people that are popping up in this industry that are great people, mm-hmm. but you have to you, you can't just just right off the bat go with them. you have to look at who they are as people. You have to look at are they walking the talk, are they living their embodiment, are they living the truth, or are they you know just talking the talk because there's a lot of people, especially in this industry, that are just doing that, and I, it just makes me shake my head so that's number one, and number two is that um, you know first of all. You know, sex is the most sacred thing that you could ever experience and connect to. Sex is sacred, okay. And just because it's sacred, uh, doesn't mean that that it you should be you know ashamed of it, or it doesn't mean that you should be kind of like a little ooh about talking about it, uh, like some sort of like holy. Like, sex should not be put on a pedestal, but you should honor the sacredness of that. And part of the honoring the sacredness of that means honoring the sacredness of your relationship, honoring the sacredness of intimacy, honoring the sacredness of connectivity with your partner honoring the sacredness of communication with your partner not just communication in your relationship but communication in the bedroom as well you know there's no shame and all men you got to stop taking that so personally you know stop taking it so personally when when your partner tells you what you want and women stop being so afraid of saying what you want and if your man does take it personally have that conversation outside of the bedroom right? Don't have it right in the middle, of, right in the middle of sex. If you've yeah. never talked about your sexual preferences and then you just decided one day in the middle of sex to do that, that's going to throw them for a loop. You know, <laughs> so you have to, you just have to start having those conversations outside of the bedroom, you know, little flirty texts, right? Like whatever you've got to do to kind of just, just show them that. And that's very, very important. So one is own your embodiment, own your expression, because you chose to come here. You chose to be who you are and no one can do it better than you right no one can do it better than you and secondly you know uh, intimacy sex communication all these things are so important and so never let them be put on a pedestal never let yourself feel shameful for them and 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 use them as an outlet to connect deeper with yourself with god and and with your partner because that's what that's the purpose of it all so don't let yourself get distracted by all the stuff that's going on out there, all the craziness, use them as a, as a catalyst to connect deeper to your own inner world.
0: Yes. I so agree with you. Okay. So where can everybody find you?
1: Uh, Instagram at I'm Will Nichols. You can follow me, post a lot of video content and different posts and all that stuff. Uh, Or you can go to my website. I'm WillNichols.com. That's where I do astrology or you can DM me about uh, coaching. I have a six week men's sexual mastery challenge right now all the men who want to up level their sex life, bring more confidence to the bedroom and last longer and get rid of all those problems like premature ejaculation, blue balls, uh, ripped frenulums and the whole shebang. So all those sexual problems can be dealt with. And it starts by reconnecting with your sexual essence and bringing more inner confidence, uh, which is, which is what I share, what I teach, uh, in when I work uh, with people. So
0: Okay. Sounds on the
1: good. social platforms. And yeah, thank you so much for having me, Haley.
0: Yes, you're welcome. Um, I hope everybody got a lot out of that. It flew by. I'm like, whoa. Um, so yeah, everybody be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it, share, write a review. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. And I will yes. see you. Yes, Bye. and
1: then I'll have Haley on my podcast soon too, A Mindful Moment. So make sure you check that out and uh, we'll, we'll post some, some stuff about that whenever that happens.
0: Yes, definitely. Hi